You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordics region. I'm Gemma, I help connect business with tech talent and today I'm your host. Today I'm joined with Sebastian Saman and Kashvitan to talk about how to deal with difficult situations and how to approach teams. As usual, we'll start by going around the room and everybody can give a small introduction to themselves. Salman, would you like to go first? Yeah, thank you. Uh, so my name is Salman uh, and I'm a senior project manager working at the Teledyne Clear, managing uh, large projects uh, and also uh, I'm also responsible for uh, project management processes. Thank you. Incredible. And Kajitan? Yeah. Uh, hi, my name is Kajitan Rodriguez. Um, I am employed with Sendify in Gothenburg, Sweden, uh, where my job title is engineering manager. And uh, one of my interests, uh, increasingly so, has been uh, uh, human psychology, funnily enough, um, and uh, sort of applying or, or taking learnings from there and applying them uh, to the workplace, uh, which is also one of the reasons why I am on the podcast today. Incredible. And last but by no means least, Sebastian. Yeah, hello. Uh, my name is Sebastian. I work for Free Trade. Uh, yeah, we're trying to get everyone investing, uh, and my job is to build uh, engineering competence for Sweden and build on the great uh, engineering culture that we are known for in Sweden. Incredible. Well, now that we've got a bit of an introduction to you all, we're going to, as usual, everyone's prepared a question or something they would like to talk about. We're going to go around the room. Everybody can have the chance to introduce their question, why it means something to them and what they want to get out of this conversation. Um, Sebastian, would you like to go first? Yeah, absolutely. My question is sort of uh, just a step back and, and a basic uh, question on like what for you defines a difficult uh, conversation or a difficult situation like how do you know like okay you look at your calendar and you're like oh no my next meeting is going to be a difficult one like how do you categorize that and how do you approach that Simon, would you like to start off yeah, well, that's a that's a very difficult question actually interesting to talk about though uh, so for me, it is uh, a personal thing. I think it's very different for everyone, but I think it's very much about friction. What creates friction and how can you uh, handle that friction? Uh, because you have a personal view on how your day should be or your life or yeah, uh, how things should be in general. Uh, and when uh, something is in conflict with that, that uh, creates some friction. Uh, and that friction has to be managed somehow. Uh, and if you have good tools to manage that, uh, th that's going to be a hurdle that you can overcome. Otherwise, uh, it can become a big problem. And we see that in many teams, in projects, I have I have that uh, problem quite often. Uh, and I need to go back to the team, uh, look into what the problem is, where the friction is, and resolve as much as I can. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I think I have some overlapping uh, sentiments there, um, but but I also think that um, we can like we we do have the ability to sense uh, when conversations can become difficult, um, and and there's there's a few there's a few markers uh, for um, for knowing when or, or that you're looking at a difficult conversation, right? So if you find yourself um, um, looking at excuses to avoid the conversation, like, um, oh, maybe this is not a difficult time, or um, 
well, uh, uh, how about we do that later or et cetera, et cetera. Um, whatever the, the excuse may be, it's, it's, a, it's an indicator that possibly it's a difficult conversation. And then um, there may be other situations like you, you find yourself in, in a situation where you don't know what to, what to think about or what to do. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an unclear um, situation. You're not sure what to do or say. And then there could be, uh, like someone mentioned, uh, conflicting opinions. Um, and so th that's another marker of uh, potentially looking at a difficult uh, conversation there. Um, there's also like discussions that make you feel uncomfortable. Um, some conversations are just, you know, just going to rub people the wrong way. And um, that's, that's also uh, a marker for a difficult conversation. So uh, I think, um, you know, with, with the theme for today, which is uh, how do you how do you work with the team on a difficult conversation? Like one of the first steps is, of course, to identify uh, that you are indeed looking at a difficult conversation. And I think like these markers definitely help there. Definitely. I think that's a really good point. Um, just to expand on that, um, this is open to anybody. When there is friction in the team and things aren't going too correctly, how do you approach that? How as a manager, as a person of influence, do you speak to people? Do you do it individually or do you do it in a group scenario? I think it depends on the on the situation, on what the conflict is about. It's usually like a conflict can be seen as a almost a mathematical problem. Like two people have two or more people <clears throat> have different views on the same situation. They see the situation differently, they see their own goals and they see like the end state uh, differently. And what you need to do as a formula, like, it's easy to explain, but it's an art to master, but you need to, to break down these perceptions between the people uh, and make sure that they are uh, yeah, expressing uh, their 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 angle on the view, and then try to reconciliate uh, where the differences comes in. So sometimes that's good to do in a group because you can get, like speed up the process and get everyone to see the situation the same way. But it can also be so many different uh, views that it's that it's a becomes a big conflict. Definitely, Kashitan. Anything to add going forward on that? Yeah, I think, um, I, I mean, uh, it's um, very much depends on uh, what and who, um, just like Sebastian said. So uh, sometimes we might find ourselves, um, you know, having uh, this conversation with, with a bunch of people, or it could be a single individual. Um, and the dynamics there uh, differ very vastly. So... Um, so, for example, uh, you've got to consider logistics also, right? So, where are you going to hold the conversation? When's a good time to hold a, hold this conversation? What exactly are you trying to achieve from this conversation? Why is it important? So, these questions need to be answered uh, before um, you even begin considering going into this conversation, right? So, for example, um, somebody might prefer uh, uh, private feedback but others are quite fine with, with, with public feedback, right? And the, the place where you hold these, these conversations also matter quite a lot. So just stepping out of the office, for example, um, changes the whole vibe of the conversation um, because it's not the same place that you relate in your mind anymore where the conflict happened. 
um, and so on. So there's there's like logistics to consider. You also need to consider whether you need support for this conversation. So um, do you do you need somebody more senior to to you know sort of be like a um, like a neutral third party um, uh, there? Um, or if it's if it's an HR that you need support from, or a senior manager uh, for that for that matter, or even maybe a technically senior person like a like a senior engineer that can that can assist you, or uh, I, I say engineer, but like it, it could be any technical person there. But um, and and then you need to um, like you need to check your facts and and your um, you need to gather relevant info. What you what you could be looking at may just be a trivial conversation, but it's just that you've, you've maybe had some biases there um, that that make it seem like a larger issue, or maybe it's the it's it's the opposite. Maybe something is is really uh, small um, in in reality, but it just you know um, so. So you've got to check your facts. You've got to gather information um, and also try to put yourself in in the position of the of, of the people involved in that conversation. So you you definitely have a view, uh, you have an opinion, but um, everybody else in the conversation also have have their own opinions. Uh, so you've got to state the problem, formulate it, specify it to the best possible extent, and listen and and try to learn from their their views, and then reassess your own position after you've learned their view, right? Um, I, I think that's that's something that maybe people miss out on. And then you look for solutions together um, and you finally close the conversation. So so I think like the dynamics of the conversation completely depend on who, what, when, and um, some situations, you know, um, uh, I, like I know that that the common belief is is to to tackle these problems as soon as they emerge, which which in many situations avoid uh, avoid that problem into snow, uh, like snowballing into a, a bigger one. Um, but when you're you know if you place yourself in the position of of the people facing that situation at that moment, it's it's like high stress, high pressure, uh, negative emotions. Um, and, and like, it's just difficult to have that conversation at that time. So you've got to give, like, you've got to find the right time to hold this, these conversations also. Um, if you, if you leave it, if you prolong it, uh, it's just going to explode in your face. But if you tackle it as soon as it comes to your notice, that may or may not be the right time. It's for you to, you know, judge and, and figure out. Uh, you, you need people to be calm when you're having these conversations, and um, and and I think like um, it's all a matter of uh, discretion. I think uh, on top of the who, when, where, and whichever other angles, it's good to think about why, uh, because it's usually like some, a difficult situation is usually rooted in uh, that someone has like something in quotes to lose in some way it can be like they're losing their face their reputation or like worst case their job so you have to also come at it and think about that angle that like it's not i have one view and you have another view on a subject matter because you might have nothing to really lose and the other person feels uh probably quite subjectively in in many cases, but you need to take that into account. Like, I, I have nothing to lose to give you this information, but you have your like reputation to lose. So you need to think about it from that angle. Like, how do I uh, uh, 
uh, have the compassion to, to look at the situation from, from that perspective as well, on top of everything else, the great uh, points that Kajetan just gave us. Absolutely agree with that. Um, yeah, uh, like I think however objectively we, we try to approach this situation or this conversation, we can't really extract the human out of the situation, right? I think it's, it's like all business is, is human enterprise and wherever humans are involved, there's going to be emotions and feelings involved, no matter how objective you try to stay. And, um, you know, besides what Sebastian just said, about um, you know maybe maybe self-esteem or 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 reputation. There's there's also like uh, the matter of confidence, right? So so basically, if you don't uh, handle this situation well, staff is going to lose confidence in your own abilities uh, or like your ability to, to manage the situation well. And then there's if you don't handle or if you don't address the problem, there's also so so you risk leaving the impression that there is no problem, and then. And you deny the person the chance to improve, or, or, or it could be you that needs improvement. Um, so, so, like the problems need to be addressed, but they, they need to be done in in a manner that acknowledge uh, human feelings and emotions as well. Uh, very interesting. Uh, really, this is a very interesting topic. I think uh, all human teams are based on two parts mainly. Uh, I mean, you have common and uncommon denominators. Uh, the common denominators, or if they're uncommon, it's very much based on many things, but uh, mainly culture, upbringing, there are ethnic lines, there are, I mean, all things, uh, and also genes, yeah, you name it. But anyways, you will you have uh, common and uncommon denominators. The common denominators, they will create uh, human action and efficiency. Uncommon denominators usually are good, if managed well, for creativity and for human design. So. It is extremely important, in my view, to to um, address uh, every team based on its common and uncommon denominators. Use its common denominators to create efficiency and use its uncommon denominators to create great design and extra value that is not existing today, but maybe tomorrow. Um, it is very difficult. It sounds easy. It is very difficult, but I think it is very important to address. I think Sorry, yeah, sorry. That's a very interesting uh, perspective. I actually had a, a, a small like follow up question on the subject, which is can like framing and perspective help either you who are going into the difficult situation or the recipient uh, with the situation? It's just a thought that hit me that I myself have a little bit of sometimes a problem when I get asked, like, when uh, when was the last time you handled a difficult situation? And I sort of realized that I don't always think about it as a difficult situation. I think about it as an opportunity or like an opportunity for me to learn or an opportunity for me to uh, untangle uh, a situation that I genuinely want to like get more <clears throat> information and perspective on. Uh, is that something you guys have thought about? Uh, the perspective plays a big, big role and maybe helping the other person like see this other angle instead of like now we're gonna you know have a fight about this but more like oh this is gonna be like really interesting let's try to solve uh, and, uh, and explore this subject together yeah indeed um I, I think perspective like going into the conversation perspectives uh, are going to bias you uh, in some way or the other and and to lay your perspectives out up front um 
gives everyone that participates in the conversation um, a, a grounding of where everybody else comes from. Um, and I think, and I think that's that's one of the one of the ways to get to a productive conversation, right? So um, we we can we can sort of straw man each other's um, perspectives there uh, in a way. Um, before we begin and um, find a way to move ahead, so uh, I I try my best to to lay out my perspective uh, before having every conversation. Um, I don't know if I um, proactively think about whether a conversation is is difficult or not, but I I try to make it a habit to to lay out my perspective uh, before. Um, before what I know could be could be a difficult conversation. And Samu, what so, do you think? Yes, I mean, very interesting. Uh, I'm thinking about the, the projects I have and my own experience. Uh, I think it's very much a, a worldview that you also have. I mean, a project, I mean, I'm taking an example here. A project is almost like an institution, a micro-institution, where you have rule of law, and then you have all the individuals. They're sovereign somehow, but also part of a bigger picture. Uh, so managing every individual, I think, is very much based on your worldview. Uh, if you can see every human being as a as a big capital uh, and an opportunity uh, or not, uh, I, I think there is a lot of nuances in that. I am simplifying a, a bigger and more complicated question here, uh, but uh, that's how far I have gone. Uh, it's probably a lot, a lot more to it. Uh, but anyways, I, I think it is very important to uh, understand that human nature is based on different differentiating yourself from someone else, and also always seeking to uh, get your point validated because there is an ego. Uh, and we are sovereign. Uh, we're born sovereign and we die sovereign. Uh, so it is very important to understand human nature from that perspective and see everyone as a as a gold mine really because that's what human beings are i mean the, the cosmic consciousness i mean we don't know that there is anyone out there we are the only conscious creatures uh, that know that we exist and that and we know that there is going to be a tomorrow so um, and we are the only ones that value the work we do for each other uh, no one else does that's the, that's the, it's really a very unique uh, thing. Um, and what we create and what we work for and the value that we create, that value is actually only val valued by us. So uh, every human being is extremely important. Uh, if you see that and really can believe that, I think uh, managing differences becomes a bit more natural. Uh, but that's very, very that's very dangerous. Uh, or not dangerous, sorry. Uh, that's very difficult. And uh, I find it difficult many times. Uh, I'm talking to you like uh, I have all the uh, answers, but I don't. I have a lot more questions than answers, but uh, I think those things are important. Just on that, um, I'm reading a book at the moment based on like it's looking at like psychology and like the human brain, and it's um, it's the, the chimp paradox. So like the the human brain versus the chimpanzee brain, um, and it kind of touches on that that when it, like a chimpanzee finds something, it acts very irrationally, deals with situations like fight and flight does the the animal in us response and then the human brain has to like peel it back a level and go well why is someone saying that why why does he feel the need to have this conversation um is that something yeah. you found in your leadership that people can give the very like aggressive response to a bad situation and then you have to take a breath and go like they, they just need to process it or 
is that not what you find with um, adults in work, especially maybe at senior levels versus junior? I mean, basically, how I see it, we are chimpanzees with a supercomputer attached to us. That's uh, that the cortex, I mean, the frontal lobe, the, the limbic system is very old uh, and uh, decides many things in our, you know, daily lives. <laughs> so I let the others uh, speak for the rest, but uh, that's my, that's how I see human beings. Yeah, um, I agree there. I, I think um, evolution uh, has definitely um, imbibed us with, uh, with, with skills to, uh, you know, sort of response, uh, like the responsiveness to, to stimuli um, is, is imbibed in us through evolution. And some things we, we, can, we can handle much better than the others. Like, uh, well, if a bear is running towards me, I'm definitely going to maybe run away, right? Because I know that if I stand there, I'd probably get mauled. But uh, some other things we've only come across in the last couple of decades or, or maybe even centuries. Like, uh, how do we work in a team um, that, that is full of intelligent people uh, having their own strong opinions? Um, and how, how do you reconcile between all of these people? That's not something that comes readily to us through, through evolution. Um, maybe maybe we are, we all had different roles to play in our in our um, uh, say uh, prehistoric uh, lives like uh, hunter gatherer lives right but but it's not so clear here because everybody has something to contribute everybody comes from different backgrounds uh, their upbringings are different the circumstances that they made their way through to where they are now have been so dramatically different. So um, to dismiss all of that when you when you talk to people is, I, I think, in in my opinion, it's foolishness. Um, and um, the, the, so I can give you an example, and this this relates to what someone was um, um, mentioning a, a few minutes earlier uh, about cultural differences as well. So there was a question posed to me. Um, some years ago, about how do you uh, how do you deal with with the problem that people have a lot of meetings, right? And and like the the crux of the problem was uh, people were not productive because they, they they've been spending a lot of time in meetings, and then that's their excuse now that well uh, I haven't had time to work on this because there's just so many meetings, right? and then the HR said well this is a problem uh, we've got so many meetings in this organization and this is this is in fact now our culture like every every time somebody wants to talk about something with somebody else they book in a meeting on the calendar right and and now we find that everybody is just occupied in meetings um so how do you solve that and and, and this is it, it like it's important to note that this is a multinational organization which means that it's got cultures from across the globe and in some cultures it's it's important to get consensus Right? And in some other cultures, it's not as important. Right, So you can just make a decision, move ahead. Um, and so this is where the problem lies. Like there's also cultural differences to, to, to take into account. So what we think may be a problem may, may be really something else. So um, I, I think like, um, like I agree with someone there uh, that we're just so very different in, in, in how we've been, uh, we've arrived to this point that uh, that it's it's inevitable 
it's inevitable that we that we face uh, these difficult conversations. Yes, and I think that difference is the real capital, the real human capital. The rest is just efficiency, just to move on. But uh, but it's hard to manage that difference. Sebastian, do you have anything on top of all that that you know you've done, you've valued, um, you found useful? No, it's 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 a complicated uh, subject. I mean, it, it's hard to uh, to equate uh, like our prehistoric situation of uh, working together always. You know, having the whole tribe's uh, interest at mind and something that might not be as severe uh, as working at any company the dynamics might be a little bit different so it, it's hard you can be inspired uh, by the patterns but it's 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 hard to always draw a one to one connection but it, it's it's a good way to look backwards so i'm i'm going to check out that book that you mentioned Gemma i put it on my on my wish list already on audible it's a very good book highly recommend it to all of you um but perfect uh, just to move on from that just from aware of time Kazitan I think it links very well into what we've already said but is there a good way to hold a conversation or is it always going to come with this degree of complexity yeah um, I I don't know this is this is why it, this is a question that I have um, so in it's it's essentially um, a matter of uh, um, reflecting on uh, what's in front of you and and what you want to do uh, with the situation um, why is this important to you? What What are you looking to gain out of uh, um, whatever you want to do? Um, like if you want to talk to somebody, what, what is the outcome that you're expecting? Um, have you Have you really uh, put yourself in their shoes? Um, did you Did you try to um, see the world from their perspective? Right. Um, I don't know if if there's a good way to hold a conversation because good is is quite subjective. Um, if we can if we can come to a, a common agreement on what the definition of good is, then I think we can make some headway into the conversation. Um, we can, um, I, I think like, um, again, it, it all ties back to what we've already mentioned about uh, the differences in people, the differences in circumstances, who you're dealing with, um, what the situation is, what the, what the magnitude of the situation is, um, and so on. Um, so there may be a few common things that you can do in every situation that may that you may be able to use as a as a framework to have these conversations, and that may become for you a good way to have conversations. Um, but again, I, I think it's quite subjective there. I think one one thing that I started doing uh, in the last few years is to start from the starting point that everyone is doing their best in every situation. So if you start with that uh, and you have like a, a, a mental model of thinking about that, okay, everyone is trying their best. We're, we all want the best for the people around us, the company we work in, you know, the goal of the company, whatever. Uh, if you start from that starting point, you can start from there to uh, approach a discussion or a situation with, I'm. I'm I'm seeing that you should do something in a way uh, that I'm seeing, like you should do it like this. Why are you not doing it like this? But not in a uh, provocative way, but more like let's explore. Like I, I think that this is the way to do it. Why do you think in a different way and try to keep it very objective? Like just, you know, tell me about it, like break down what is the, the difficulty in the situation 
uh, you know, of course, start the situation, start the start the discussion by helping the person put their guard down. Like, I'm not here to antagonize. I'm not here to question you. I'm here to like explore uh, the situation. You know, start by bonding with the person a little bit uh, and try to, like we said, like we discussed, you know, uh, resolve the conflict. Like, okay, I, I see it in this way. Like, when you know, our job is to produce this and ship this and deliver this and whatever it is like okay in your part in this i see as x uh, how do you see it let's let's discuss it and just surface uh, all of that and, and get the other person's view and then you can re hopefully reconciliate uh, where there's differences i think that's a good starting point that i try to use lovely i think that sounds a really good idea and then salmon anything that you've been doing Yes, well, and maybe again, I may be oversimplifying this, but I think it is uh, to unlock someone's potential. Uh, it's important to align the bigger picture to their own personal goal. Uh, the better you do that, uh, the more efficiency you will get back. Uh, I think uh, that's a key part of getting as much uh, work done as possible. Uh, and that's maybe not always uh, very easy. I think it, sometimes it's very difficult uh, because, uh, for example, the project goals are very different from uh, the, the goals that an individual has that is also in the project and has to deliver to the project. Uh, but but I think uh, all human beings need to be in something bigger than themselves. Uh, and if you if you if you can uh, give them that perspective and it's aligned with their goals, I think you will get back quite a lot. Otherwise, uh, as a manager or the leader, you haven't, uh, uh, you cannot unlock the, most of the potential from that individual. And sometimes you have to live with that uh, because you're not able to. Uh, you don't have the tools, you don't have the understanding. That's the way it is. But I think it's important. Definitely, I think that's a really good point. Um, just something to sidetrack a little bit. Um, I'm sure that you've all seen in the news that Klarna last week got rid of 10% of their workforce. Um, and I think as a manager, that must have been the most difficult situation to have to go to your team and have that conversation. Is there anything, you know, have you ever been in a situation similar that you can obviously talk about with discrepancy? Or likewise, is there anything you would have done if you were in that situation that's you thought about? Uh, I've been in that situation before. Um, um, probably on both sides, I, I, I guess, um, at some point. Um, if memory serves right but uh, so it's like there's no question that this is this is a difficult situation because what you're essentially doing is um disturbing the the, the equilibrium there um you're disrupting lives right so it's not just the personal lives but also professional lives so imagine the situation where you've you've been working with a bunch of people um for a very long time, maybe say what, two years, five years, maybe 10 years, maybe 15 years. Uh, so, and now suddenly you're faced with this problem that, well, either you or, or your colleagues are not going to continue with you anymore. And suddenly all of this investment that you've done into the relationship, right? Uh, your time, your, your emotions, your, um, your experiences together, everything has now to be broken, broken off. Um, and that's not pleasant. That's that's uh, that's one of uh, one of the more bitter experiences at the at the workplace. Uh, it could be for whatever reason. Maybe the company isn't uh, able to pay your salaries anymore. Maybe it's just that you 
you know uh, the person involved was a poor performer or whatever the the reason is it's it's clear to see that the the bonds that have been established there are being uh, severed and um well not severed but it's severed there right uh, but um but the the impact that it has on on lives is is something that we cannot see and and more often than not it's it goes a lot more deeper than what we can imagine so so imagine somebody that is just about to uh to go on parental leave right or or maybe maybe they are all already on parental leave and and suddenly they get this uh, notification that well they're not going to continue anymore what 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 do you think is is going to play through their head um it's well, I'm not going to see my colleagues anymore. The the same people that I've spent so many years with, um, I, I have now got to also worry about finding a new job while I'm taking care of uh, a child or or children. Um, and so, like situations are so complicated and so complex for everyone. It's so different for everyone. Um, it's not a pleasant situation. Um, the 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 best we can do there is try to understand. What is it going to be like for that person when they finally leave uh, the company, and what you can do to help them in that situation? So, so for example, now given the fact that they are leaving, can you help them find a new job? Can you connect them with your network? Um, do they need financial assistance, uh, for example, or whatever the case may be? Right. So, uh, I know that in some countries uh, the um, the situation is is not as good as as say having a union force behind you and um, like an employment union or or maybe an insurance uh, that covers you for an unemployment um, and so on and so forth. So situations differ quite uh, quite drastically there, and I think we should just uh, try and figure out what is it going to be like for that person and see then what you can do in your capacity. Uh, to to minimize damage there. I think that's a really good point, Sebastian. Yeah, I think uh, one uh, ground or one basic thing to think about that is very that we should all be like very grateful about uh, is that we're in an industry where it's uh, at the moment not too hard to find a new job, so we can start at that point and be extremely grateful in that situation for the for the great people at Klarna that had to go. Uh, but beyond that, like Kajetan said, like uh, try if you can, you know, make sure that you're uh, that you use your network, you know, contact recruiters or help people, you know, uh, send a message out on LinkedIn, whatever is needed. But yeah, some some situations are really hard, like uh, I didn't even think about the parental leave situation because you get put in a situation that is quite uh, different than if you are maybe tired of your job and you want to look for a new job. You can go and you can explore. You can talk to a few companies and be like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe not. But uh, if you've been fired while you're on paternity leave, uh, then the power dynamics is completely different. Uh, uh, maybe not necessarily uh, objectively, but in your own mind, it's quite easily that you're maybe going to end up in a situation that is not optimal uh, because you feel forced to. And that's that's another aspect to think about. But 
yeah, the, the upside with Klarna is that, um, yeah, I left that company like nine months ago, so I have a little bit of insight, but not into this specific situation. But all I, all I can say is that uh, the engineering market and the and the tech market uh, should be extremely happy because they are like being fed 10% of some of the best people in the in the tech uh, industry. Uh, they've been pre-screened, you know, it's not easy to get into Klarna, so you already have a stamp of approval uh, in, a, in a very good way. So if you pick someone up from Klarna, you know that they have been vetted really deeply by a lot of uh, brilliant people. They passed a lot of tests that are quite difficult to uh, uh, to just get by. So you're, you're automatically getting really good people. So in that way, that's a really like super, super positive upside in a in a sad situation. And Simon? Yes, uh, well, very interesting in, uh, notes from both uh, Kajetan and uh, also uh, Sebastian. Uh, uh, to begin with, I think those tests, uh, yeah, in my view, that's a bad way of uh, valuing people. Um, I think that's uh, really uh, a tragic way of uh, putting value on people. But anyways, that's uh, that's another matter. Uh, I think human beings in general are valuable to us. So I think these people should not be victimized. They should be uh, uh, seeing themselves as uh, valuable people that can do uh, and produce in the society and uh, take us forward. So I think that's a change. I see that more like a change than a tragedy. Of course, for them, for the time being and for the moment, it can it could be um, uh, it could be something difficult. Uh, but in a bigger picture, that's only a change. And sometimes change and many times change is good for for us. Uh, at my company, we haven't had that many of this kind of big layoffs. We have had layoffs and uh, every time we have had them i have seen them as a good thing for the individual uh, usually uh, because if you don't fit here why waste your time because you are valuable you will fit somewhere but maybe not here because we can't understand you well enough we can't give you what you need to succeed um, uh, and I, I know that it's not the view of everyone uh, that, but that's the, my personal view i think uh, when you cannot help someone uh, to reach their uh, maximum potential you have to help them do it somewhere else uh, so yeah the Klarna thing I think for me just a, just a change it's nothing more or less than that and uh, if they are approved of being special people um, I have a big conflict with that idea I think they are just normal people like everyone else and they should try to find new ways of success lovely well I'm just aware that we are slightly running out of time but I've really enjoyed everyone's thoughts does anybody have anything they want to add before we finish this discussion any last points no wonderful um great well it's been really good listening to your opinion sebastian salmon and kashan um really enjoyed it i think we've got some great great ways of thinking out of this and hopefully there's a new idea a new way of dealing with these dealing with these situations that you can take to your team and make it a little bit easier to to have horrible horrible conversations but yes it's been a pleasure and um, thank you so much for everyone for listening it's been the evolution exchange podcast and hopefully we'll see you soon with another episode